all you Brobdingnagian Gileadites, welcome back to the Return to Gilead Sunday special. I am your mellow- Did you just say? Brobdingnagian. It's a reference to the Coloring Connection Funcast. It means large. Brobdingnagian? Brobdingnagian. It's a reference to Gulliver's Travels. Brobdingnag. Anyway, I'm Michael Haver. I'm looking this up. B-R-O-B. D-I-N-G. A beam engine of Brumdingnasian proportions. Yes. A giant. Okay. That's bonkers. Yeah. That's a word. Okay. What's your name? <laughs> Hi, everyone. <laughs> uh, he's Ryan. Uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> Today we're talking didn't about- you, Didn't you hear? No, I didn't hear about I this. I made a Brumdingnasian change to my name. Oh, that would be a Brumdingnasian change. What is it? It's now Brian. That's it. That is a Brobdingnagian change. <laughs> they were talking about missing pieces. No, part I'm three. Ryan. How's it going? Yeah, today we're talking about missing pieces. Do you want to redo th- that all? <laughs> no. Today we're talking about missing okay. pieces. Part three by John Fornoff, adapted from Chris Fabry in Red Rock Mysteries by Keys for Kids. Oasis didn't produce this one, so yeah, it's just Keys for Kids. This is episode 176 overall, episode 11 of Red Rock. Uh, it's not that good, Ryan. No. And I'm sad about it. Yeah. Why are you, why do you think it's not good? It doesn't have the same elements that made the previous episodes really good. The character moments are not really that prominent here. There's arguably one character moment in this episode and I have an issue with it. So I think it's poor how it's, how that part is portrayed. Also, the cliffhanger wasn't real and I'm sad because I thought it would be real and it wasn't. We ended up not getting any bit of evidence, either for Randy or against Randy, from the cliffhanger, and the cliffhanger ended up being completely inconsequential. So, I am sad. But that doesn't mean I dislike the previous episode. I still think it builds attention to that cliffhanger very, very well. It just means that this episode, um, well, I guess you'd have to rewrite the whole series at that point, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind it if the last episode just ended with the prayer anymore. So, anyway... Sure. Those are my overall thoughts on this episode. It's, it's it's definitely not the worst, but there are some elements that I think do make it objectively not good. Um, and we can start talking about those, or we can talk about something else, or you can give your overall thoughts on it if you want to. Sure, I'll give like a quick breakdown. I think this episode, you know, I, I'm I'm as a reader of the books, very pleased that it's kind of sticking to yes the general direction the book took. I think the we I think we've run into this with every single. Um, season of Red Rock in that the third episode is always the most lackluster for me because the first one is going to set up the mystery. The second one is going to move further along the mystery solving train, but the third one always stalls a bit. It's sort of like we want to keep revealing some secrets and some mystery elements, but we can't reveal too much because we're not ready to end this yet. We've got to get to the fourth episode before we end this. So it feels like the third episode is always this kind of limbo where it feels like, you know, some stuff happens, but none of it moves at the trajectory that it had been. You know, like the the second episode, um, Ashley hears from, like, we hear the massive development of, oh, this is Garcia's backstory and this she also doesn't think that her child's gone and then also ashley pursues the like oh i'm going to try to age up the picture and see see where that leads and meanwhile bryce is doing a ton of stuff 
this episode, we basically get, okay, I'm going to set up a camera. Oh, no, the camera got knocked down. Nothing happened. And I, I have basically nothing to go off of except, like, a piece of uh, wood that I found outside. Yeah. And then Ashley, like, she she finds... Oh, the, the, there's the teacher. Oh, which I predicted. That, that, that my, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good job. Yay. The... <laughs> The but like she finds her and doesn't do anything about it. She's Correct. just like, huh, this is suspicious. Although I I'm think gonna it is... wait around and have Bryce ask Mrs. Garcia about it, but also like yep. not give her any information because we can't move anywhere. Well, I mean, I think part of that is you don't want Mrs. Garcia to go after Tanya herself if she knows that this actually happened, if this is actually what the story was. So Bryce but not saying call, this is who call the police. Yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And so, like, her looking like, at the picture and the saying, book, oh, that might be Tanya Zoloff, this person from seven years ago in my history, this random smudge that I saw in this photograph, that's pretty strong circumstantial evidence to say that it is her. Right. And it's like, I think the reason I have an issue with it here and not in the book is just a matter of pacing in that in the book, because, it, you know, again, every chapter in the book is like two pages long less <laughs> and so i'm like flipping through it fast as i can to get through it so this portion or like even just the third out of four quarters portion of each book by then i'm just like okay keep going keep going i'm hooked i gotta find the ending and as such i read faster and i get past this stage exactly but with with the audio i'm forced to endure it for 25 minutes of slow, nothing is happening. Were there scenes of Jeff that were cut out of of this audio drama? Like, was Bryce having a sleepover with Jeff in the book? I don't know, because again, I have not read the book uh, up to this point okay. yet. I've, well, I've been just kind of going blind and off of memory. Okay, well, we will find out next time, uh, just to let you know and let the audience know. Part four is going to be a little bit different than we've done before. Instead of having an extra episode where we cover the book, we're going to cover the book as well as part four next time. You're cool with that, right? Sure. Sweet. Okay, that sounds so, like a great way to do it. Yeah. I assume that Bryce and Jeff's sleepover is in the book because every chapter goes back and forth. So okay. it'll, it'll, it'll well, I don't know sense. if it was Jeff. That's the thing. He, it, it doesn't. It's not said who it was, who the sleepover oh, was with. I see. So I was wondering if it was with Jeff. Anyway, so I think we can agree the the cliffhanger suffers from the 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 stolen secrets problem of cliffhangers. Of it, it seems to like it's more substantial, but then it does end up being nothing, and therefore should not have been there would you agree with that yeah it didn't deserve to be the cliffhanger and again i do stand by what i said in the last episode like it would have been a much better episode i think if they just ended with the prayer yeah you're right finish finish the prayer and then have some hopeful music play out and then zach can be like what about all this intrigue and that can be what hooks the audience to come back well if i have blame to put on this episode and the last one for who holds responsibility for it I, rather than giving some to the last episode for the cliffhanger and some to this episode for what followed up the cliffhanger, I would give it all to this episode and say last episode, because it's chronologically before, probably stood should stand on its own. And this one needed to follow up on what was set up previously. However, if we're going back and rewriting the whole thing, then then, yeah, yeah, you, you should change that previous episode yeah. so that it flows better. But also recognizing this is based off of the book, the we know that there isn't really any way to capitalize on the 
cliffhanger from the last episode because Correct. to do so would break the canon of what happens. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't know that, though, so. unless you'd heard this episode or unless you'd read the book. And that's the thing is like then sure. we're talking about a book consistency issue. And I'm, I'm perfectly OK with that was saying, like, there is no cliffhanger in the book, so there shouldn't be a cliffhanger there. I was thinking there was a cliffhanger in the book, or there was a something that was sure. something that was good for a cliffhanger in the book. So, anyway. Um, then there's, I think we should talk about the other thing that I do take issue with here to see if it's actually something I should. What do you think of the conversation between Ashley and Haley? Hmm. I'm going to be honest. I don't know that I quite paid attention maybe as much as I should have. I'm curious, like, what was it that you took issue with? Well, the thing that stood out to me is towards the end of the conversation, Haley says something like, well, you know, I don't believe in God, but since you believe in God, isn't that like a reassurance to you that you have somebody there who you can just talk to anytime? And Ashley's like, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. And it tries to reinforce the theme from the previous episode. But I thought, what is Haley doing giving this advice? I'm having a hard time believing that she would, especially since she believes it to be profound advice herself. I think we can argue that rather than her her kind of, yeah, I'm going to shrug it off attitude that she had in the first book. Here it's like, wow, there's this thing that we strongly believe. Oh, wait, I'm going to correct that. I don't believe this. But anyway, this thing that we uh, you believe, it, it, that's what it, that's what it kind of feels like. Feels like she should be a Christian, but she's not. I don't know that somebody who is a non-Christian would give that advice sincerely. You know what I mean? Yes. Is I guess it depends. Is she giving advice or is she kind of questioning like, it's advice. I thought this was what you believed. No, it's advice. Uh, I can play the clip if you want to hear it. Sure. You're a Christian, right? Yeah. Well, I'm not into God like you are, but I'm thinking if you have him in your life, then you should trust him to make things work out. Right? Well, Yeah. I guess it's hard to trust somebody you can't see. You know what, Haley? You're right. Sometimes I think I see my problems more than I see him, but I do see him. Really? Well, not like I see you, but it's like I know he's there. I don't see him with my eyes, but my heart knows he's there. Okay. Yeah, she seems really earnest about it. <laughs> what is happening here? I... I completely, I must have been zoning when I listened to it. That is, I don't even know what to say. Like, I'm just laughing internally as I listen to this because so it like, doesn't, it, no, it sounds like, yeah, you know, little, little I odd. don't believe in God, but John 3.16 says, <laughs> it's kind of the energy it seems to be kind of yeah, doing here. It would be nice if it were coming from Catherine or from Bryce, but it's coming from Haley and it just seems a little unrealistic, you know? Yeah, yeah. I agree. There is a line in that <laughs> when they talk about Skeeter in that scene that is actually really funny where she describes how Skeeter gave her his own birthday card. Yes, that is actually <laughs> canon to the book. It, it, uh, it actually in the book, it just tells straight up like it has the scene where she gets it from him and then there it's described. <laughs> I, I, I was amused here with the, the camaraderie of sharing what happened. Yeah, And I was pleased that it made an appearance because I didn't know how they were going to translate that to the audio. Yeah. And the, the conversations are natural. I'll, g- I'll give it that, that it's it's fine writing. It's just there's not a lot that stands out. And the few things that are a little bit off, including Haley saying that at the end of the scene, are enough for me to, to put this below par for an episode, which is sad because the last two episodes were near perfect. So uh, one thing I do like in that conversation is when Haley brings up Duncan And Ashley eventually says, okay, yeah, yeah, I do like him, but he doesn't even know I exist. The only person who likes me is Skeeter. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, okay. But other than that, I don't really have anything to say. There's the scene when she goes to Mr. Chiplosa and it's a little bit more Rodney Tesla. I think it's pretty much confirmation at this point. Yeah, it's definitely him. And then she presents the pictures to Mrs. Garcia, but it's mostly just she gives them to her and she sees the pictures and uh, she says like she's starting to hope again that she'll be able to see her daughter. And um, that's about it. It's not really much from the previous episode. And then there's Bryce who's working on the bush again. And he says, do not disturb a genius in his natural habitat, which is just a an echoing of the don't disturb the artist while he's artistizing. And most of the episode, uh-huh. it's not just that, like, I'm not burned out of this. It's that a lot of this, again, because this is sort of the middle chapter, I'm wondering if it could have been paced any better. And if some of the, the plot points or some of the hints had been moved to this one or some of the character development that made the last one super strong had been moved over here a little bit. But if this is what it takes that for the first first two episodes to be as strong as they are and then to have a middle episode that's fine gearing up for an excellent finale, who knows? Who knows? Maybe the next episode will be as good as the previous two and this will just be an outlier. Uh, for now, I'm fine to say that those little bits do weigh it down for me I don't hate this episode. It's fine. I liked it. There was a lot about it that I like subjectively liked. And I, I think there was a lot that you could pull out that is consistent with the characters and is fine. So I I do. Well, also going off this a little bit, it seems pretty clear that the audio drama wants to make it pretty. Well, the audio drama wants to make it clear that Randy may not be the suspect because Bryce is so sure it's him without enough evidence. Like he's getting more and more convinced after not a lot. There's a splinter from a bat. I don't know what that gives you. There's n- there's nothing you can do with that. If you have a splinter, you could match it to the original bat. But I'm assuming that the the bash the mailbox bashers are just gonna throw that bat away. You have no guarantee you're gonna see that bat again. And then from there, like there's a uh, another confirmation it happened at 11:56. But we already knew that it happened at midnight. There's just a lot of circumstantial evidence that's not even evidence. I think it just points toward Randy Vigilante again of what's happening. We don't get any hints of fireworks. We don't get any, I'm not going to, I'm going to have to cancel because of something that came up. And then the event, there's none of that. It's just this, these are the things that we're doing. There's, there's a way that you can write a middle episode of an audio drama. I think that doesn't need to sag like this. It's sad that it does, but it doesn't make me discouraged in the direction of it. Does that all make sense? Yeah. 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 Like the, the first two episodes and the style with which they were written and the attention and character development, et cetera, it gives me good hope for episode four. And this episode, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't by any means like, Oh, this is the worst episode I've ever heard. It was just kind of lackluster compared yeah. to the other two, and well, well, that's okay. Yeah. It can, we can have a kind of lackluster episode before we move on to uh, hopefully a really good finale. See, this is the the price of objectivity: is that when you when you're not objective, when you when you look at things through a subjective lens, you you've got a, a pretty consistent yeah, this was great, and you talk about things you like, uh, and and you talk about how it made you feel, and and you talk sometimes you talk about good things, but mostly it's just yeah, yeah, I liked it because this is this is something that I'm used to. This is an audio drama that I'm used to, and then once objectivity sets in, things that are good end up being really, really good, which is why we were so glowing of the last two episodes because there was so much that is very, very good in those episodes, and it was really exciting and it was energetic. It was what was giving us the strong emotions about it, the good 
writing for those episodes. And the bad episodes become even worse, which is why we went on for so long talking about stolen secrets and the issues in those, because there are legitimate problems in them. Problems that weighed down our enjoyment of the episodes because they weren't good. Whereas you have this one, which is uh, pretty much in the middle. There's a lot of consistently fine writing and a couple uh, a couple mistakes. Uh, a couple things where I'm like, I, I think you could say, yeah, that, that doesn't seem like it's good. Just the two. Just the cliffhanger and Haley. Other than that, I don't really remember anything else that was bad. But I don't remember anything else that was excellent either. And that's why we're kind of apathetic about it. We don't really have a strong emotion either way because our emotions are now tied to the extremes. But objectively, we can go through and say, this was good, this was fine, this was fine, this was fine. We're not really going to get much farther than that. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. Um, I like root beer and popcorn. That sounds like a great kind of a snack. I could go for some root beer right now. I should probably get some. That's all I have to say about that. What else? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Nothing else. How long have we been recording? Oh, um, 20 minutes. 21 okay. minutes. That's not so bad. I say, how about we just finish it up right now? Oh, wait a moment. Wait a moment. Oh, there. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. There's one more thing I have to, say, I have to criticize this episode for. Um, so I will, I'll praise it first and I'll say there's, there's something funny when Ashley is with the girl who's, uh, I think she's special needs. What's her name? Angelique. And she's talking about her math homework and she goes, Oh, that's, that's a lot of red. And she's like, I, I don't, I don't know if I like, and she's kind of worried about Angelique's homework. Angelique has like four lines where she goes, Oh, Ashley, don't be discouraged. You can do this. I believe in you. Um, Thanks. Don't ever quit. Um, okay. We'll work through this together, okay? It's supposed to be kind of funny. And I think it's supposed to be also a little heartwarming because it's like, oh, okay. Well, th- those are probably things that you heard on TV that you're just you're just saying because that's what people do. That- that's what uh, kids who are special needs, like who I knew at least, uh, did. Like if they had lines like that, that they would either be told themselves, they would tell other people. It's just funny that she's telling Ashley this. Yeah, I, I did laugh at the reversal of like, wait, yeah. I thought I was supposed to be tutoring you. <laughs> <laughs> but the the strange thing is I don't believe that is way, way too big of a contrivance to have it be that Maria, who is apparently Danielle, is there in the same whatever living area as or the, the same location in general as Mrs. Garcia. That it seems like if Tanya was going to kidnap a girl and then escape, she wouldn't end up in the same town as Mrs. Garcia. That seems very. That seems rather contrived. I don't know if there's a way to to get around that. I think part of it is it's not the same town. It's a distant town. So they, so they happen. Like, it, it, it's mentioned in the first episode when Ashley. Uh, agrees to tutor. Oh. Her mom's like, "Hey, it's over here. I'd have to drive you. It's pretty far." Oh. Never mind so then. It's okay, not that's the same better. town. It's like probably like a 30 minute or 40 minute drive. It is still pretty close. Com- like, yeah, that's, that's not of, as bad uh, though. Small world, huh? I still think it, so. It, it is still a contrivance though to have it be that she just happens to be tutoring a girl who goes to the same school from 30 minutes away. Right. Like she could have gone in 30 minutes in any direction. She happened to go the right direction at the exact same yeah. time that she was investigating this case. Whereas yeah. previous. And previous, I don't remember um, if like. Without spoilers, I don't remember if it if there's a reason listed for it in the book. I look forward to okay. addressing it, but that is a definite like 
aside from there being an actual explanation, it, I agree that it's yeah. a bit contrived. To compare this to Haunted Waters, the mystery in that one and the, the thing that they get into, the whole reason we're seeing the story in the first place is because of the inciting incident of them being at Goldtown when the robbery happens. That's not a contrivance. Right. That's the setup for the plot. And everything that follows from there is very much cause and effect. Even with Stolen Secrets, Stolen Secrets did a good job with cause and effect. And, and saying, here's the inciting incident, and here's what they do to investigate it. The previous two episodes had a great version of cause and effect with the, the mailbox bashing and then Ashley seeing Mrs. Garcia not looking so good and then going to talk to her and then going to get more evidence and then going to get more evidence, things like that. All of that is really good. And then all of a sudden, it's right here. Hey, you just happen to be in this. You just happen to be tutoring a girl who is acquaintances, possibly with this kidnapped child from seven years ago who you happened and your teacher, I kind of thought this last time that it might be a contrivance for the age technology, but I figured Ashley would able to be able to get her hands on that uh, either way. But Ashley just happens to bring the photo with her. Here's another thing. Ashley happens to have an envelope with her, with the photo in it, happens to have it out on the table. And this girl happens to ask about it. And it, yeah, it happened to work, I guess. I guess it worked perfectly. So that's just a, a little bit too much it just happened for me to believe that. And I think those three, the cliffhanger, Haley, and that moment, collectively add up to say, yeah, I'm going to have to go no on this episode, unfortunately. I still recommend yeah. the series, obviously, but eh, not not as a big a fan of this one. Yeah, agreed. Oh, but I guess since I have been negative, I need to mention one more line. I always love Ashley's chemistry with Catherine. Uh, I, I really, really love that. And there's there's a little line from between the two of them where they're talking and it's it's really sweet where they're they're talking about like how are you feeling about tomorrow with the EEG or I don't know if it already happened or not but Ashley says I'm scared hog yes come here I'm like oh that's really cute I appreciate that I I like their the relationship between them yeah then there's the analogy of the puzzle that's brought back where sometimes you is like you're missing a piece of the puzzle if you lose somebody but then the hole gets smaller as more pieces are added I did really like that but it's missing pieces. That's the name of the audio drama. Well, yeah. And yeah, to be fair, a line that's really good in this episode is toward the end of that scene. Catherine talks about grace. And I love that grace is being mentioned here, not in the context of sin, but in the context of it's a fallen world. It's things are broken. And even though we may be hurting in different ways, God gives us grace and his grace fills in the missing pieces. And I love that because that makes it so that this, even though this is a middle episode, it does have some good parts like that. It reinforces to us why we're hearing this story in this context and why the, the title of this is Missing Pieces. It's that there are missing pieces to this puzzle, but also God's grace fills in the missing pieces of Ashley's life. And we've seen like even with Haley. Uh, she's reinforced to go back to God in everything that happens. And that's a very strong message is that no matter what happens, it, when life is uncertain, go to God. So, yeah, I guess you could also say that hey, like, in a roundabout way, like I, I wouldn't necessarily go here. It would be it would make it a deus ex machina rather than just a contrivance. But that Ashley's prayer to find the girl ended up being that to find Danielle ended up being that she was placed with Angelique and just happened to have the photo and all that. I, I don't know if I want to say that. I think I'd rather have it be that God inspires her to do something. So you're saying you'd rather that the way God involves himself in the story is through the inspiration, but not through like 
Oh yeah, he made the events perfectly yeah. line up. I think I think in real life it often works like that. It's miraculous and a wonderful story when it happens. In fiction, it sounds contrived, and it is contrived. So the way that you work God into fiction is you have you. I think a great idea is if a character prays for a situation, have it be that that character first off gets peace about the situation, but also gets inspiration about exactly what to do. And then you still have your active character who's doing things, but you can bring in God and a spiritual tie-in in a way that really does work in real life, that God gives us wisdom and tells us what to do, even though he might not manipulate a scenario to happen exactly that way. If you have yeah, the main I... character be the one who does it, then you're actually giving agency to that character. Does that make sense? I agree. Yeah, especially like we're talking about not just telling a story about something that happened in real life. We're talking about telling a story that kids are going to listen to and then they're going to grow up and some of them are going to deconstruct and be like really analyzing all the stuff that they were taught when they were younger. And I think one of the pitfalls of a media piece that has God doing miraculous things in a fictional setting is that you run the risk of kids growing up and being like, oh, I listened to this and it increased my faith, but it increased my faith by manipulating me into thinking that God did something when it was fiction. Well, that's the problem with season 11 uh, of Down Gilead Lane. Exactly. Or, or Beyond Gilead. In, 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 there are multiple instances where, oh yeah, God made it so that everything worked out. And it's like, I don't care. I'm I'm listening to this as an adult and it's not compelling it's just it, it it's just literally a writing faux pas called Deus Ex Machina. And there you can read very long articles on why it's a bad idea to write a story like that. And especially when you're trying to write a story that's like, oh, this is going to reach so many people and teach them who God is. That a much more compelling thing is going to be to teach people how to relate to God when miraculous things don't happen. Because that's much more common in people's lives for them to be Christians and experience God in the minute and in the ordinary. Because for every, wow, that was a miracle moment that the Israelites dealt with, they also dealt with like years and years and years of just living life ordinarily without miraculous miracles, without crazy things happening out of nowhere we look back and we when we're reading the bible and we think oh well how could the israelites have possibly forgotten that god existed well it's because these miracles weren't happening every single day in their faces they were going for long stretches of time without miracles and they forgot and that's how most people are experiencing god on a day-to-day -day basis is not all these incredible miracles they're experiencing god just in the quiet simplicity of spiritual connection with him and I think that's where you can have the the message be you, you have a great opportunity as a writer to simply share, hey, we don't need flashy miracles and we don't need perfect circumstances to tell a good story. All we have is a character who cares about obe obeying God and desires connection with him and thus prays and spends time with God and walks in fellowship with him day to day. That comes out in their behavior, that comes out in the way they treat people, and that changes other people's hearts because they see the fruit of that relationship. And that's a much grander miracle than any deus ex machina you could come up with. Well put, Ryan. Thank you. I agree with pretty much all of that. Alrighty, let's bring this Sunday special to a close. What do you say? Let's do it.
Okay, let's do it. We are, we've got one more episode before the end of this series or this book. Season? Book? No, it's not a season. It's a book. That's how how I put it. And- Album? um, No. This is also the, the middle episode of Red Rock because there are 21 episodes of Red Rock. Uh, the the 20 main episodes and then the beginning episode right before Haunted Waters. And this is episode 11. So we're halfway through this. It's it, We've taken long, long breaks. At least editing Michaels needed to take some more time to not release these. I wish he had. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all I have to say, if you have any feedback on how we're doing, if you like this episode way more, and if there's plenty more that's positive about this that we, we kind of missed on it, Ryan. How can listeners leave that feedback? They can go to returntogilead.com. That's the website where we have all of our episodes as well as returntogilead.com slash message where you can leave a voice message and be featured on future episodes. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's been so long on the Sunday special since we've had feedback. I don't know if we've ever had feedback for the Sunday special specifically. So if you, yeah, you, because I know there's at least one person listening to this right now. If you are listening to this and you appreciate it, or if you don't, send us a voice message. If you don't like your voice, too bad. Leave one anyway. <laughs> tell us, tell, give us something to talk about. You should have a moment where you, you pull a Jack Allen. You're like, wait a minute. I've been spending all this time telling people to leave voice messages when there's one person who's not left a voice message. Me! <laughs> you mean, are you saying Lisa Rolfop should come back? No, that was me. Oh. <laughs> I know, so you could say you that. Need to make an, you need to make a persona. <laughs> Oh, please no. I'd rather not. Can we end this? Uh, In the meantime, I'm Ryan. (laughs) And I'm Michael. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you all next time as we continue to look into Red Rock Mysteries. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. And like, especially just from a, if you want, I think when it comes to uh, totally redo that sentence, you forget I can leave anything in. (laughs) What? No.